Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm a compliance evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series sponsored jointly by Skillsoft and StoneTurn entitled A Partnership of Products and Services for Your Compliance Program. In this podcast series, we consider the code of conduct to risk assessments to continuous improvement in a best practices compliance program with representatives of Skillsoft and Stone Turn. I know you'll enjoy it. And now a word about our two sponsors. Skillsoft. Skillsoft's compliance solutions provide legal ethics and workplace safety training through a full suite of customizable compliance training options. Skillsoft partners with industry-leading subject matter experts to develop accurate and engaging courseware and videos available in over 30 languages. To learn more about how Skillsoft can help your organization meet regulatory requirements and mitigate risk, visit skillsoft.com backslash compliance. Stone Turn. Who do you turn to when you need assistance navigating the emerging risks from the pandemic for enhancing your compliance program? Who do you turn to for on-demand compliance resources and expertise? Turn to us, Stone Turn. Since 2004, council corporations and government agencies have turned to global advisory firm StoneTurn when facing their greatest challenges. Make StoneTurn the first place you turn for advice on regulatory, risk and compliance issues, investigations, and business disputes. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. Today I have with me Toby Ralston. Toby is Managing Director at StoneTurn. First of all, Toby, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Of course, Tom. Thanks for having me. Toby, a code of conduct is viewed as a foundational document by the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission, but many compliance practitioners really struggle with how to benchmark a code of conduct. I was wondering if you have some thoughts on how they could begin that process. I think there's a number of ways that you could potentially benchmark your code of conduct. At Stone Turn, we like to use a matrix approach that uses a modified scorecard or a balanced scorecard where we objectively and subjectively rank an individual code and its components against the codes of competitors and those recognized as best practice. And, you know, somewhat inherent in any code benchmarking exercise is a peer comparison. But that peer-to-peer comparison shouldn't be limited to organizations in your industry. You should go broader. And we find that this approach helps us identify missing or underdeveloped topics, as well as sections of a code that likely need to be condensed or reorganized. Toby, what do you think are some of the key risk topics that can be covered in a code of conduct? And and I would preface that by saying uh, many compliance practitioners want to list the key risk topics, but they're afraid of over-inclusiveness and, and putting out so much information that it really turns off the employee who's trying to do the right thing, read and understand the code. Yeah, and I, I can certainly understand the perspective of the code being, you know, this, this set in stone, um, you know, document that, that is going to live on forever. Uh, but I would agree with you, it is, it is an evolving document. Um, the world changes, as we know, we're in a unprecedented times. Um, so I've, I've been thinking in terms of some of the tips or opportunities for enhancement for organizational codes um, just within the last couple of years and and even within the the COVID uh, environment. Um, So I would say at least somewhat in in random order, um, certainly brevity 
All too often we see codes that eclipse 75 or even 100 plus pages and learn that a typical employee's exposure to the code is limited to an hour or two of self-study on the first day of the job. And that's not effective. Uh, so consider consolidating your code to high-level behavioral expectations, and then you can link you know, that, that section of a, a, a clear and condensed code. Uh, you can link it to further policy guidance. Another, uh, another tip that I, I, we have often given to clients um, is this notion of an organizational voice. Um, and this, again, sort of you know, re reinforces the idea that this is a living, breathing document. Um, if you look at any corporation's website, there's typically an about us section that tells about you know, an organization's origin story, if you will. I guess what I would say is don't strip that out of your code. Use it to reinforce your organization's founding values and mission. You know, as an example, I find or I would estimate that nearly 80% of corporations include integrity as one of their values. You know, what does that mean? Acting with integrity is a personal construct. So without clear connections to your organization's purpose and mission, um, employees may not be clear on what's expected of them. Tell me the, um, I really like that phrase. I frankly had not heard that organizational voice. It, it almost sounds like it's important to have organizational input, continued organizational discussion, and really have a leaving, living, breathing document where employees feel like they're invested in the document, not just uh, senior management coming down from Mount Sinai with the 10, 10 codes of conduct uh, and uh, put in uh, tablets of stone. Uh, would that be a fair assessment? It's, it's actually, Tom, it's actually one of my next suggestions. <laughs> Just a perfectly fair assessment. Um, one of the other elements or, or uh, recommendations that we have for most, for most companies is you really do have to eliminate the thou shall. Um, you know, over the past five years, organizations have gotten better about this. But strip out the, the phrasing of you will throughout your code. Um, instead, include statements such as we act or we believe. A code of conduct is often an employee's first impression of, of tone and tone at the top, just as you're saying. So this easy change eliminates the potential for a misstep out of the gate. And I think what you'll find is your organization's speak up culture is, is that much better as a result. Toby, do you feel like you can use a code of conduct really as uh, if, e even if you don't consider it the foundational document, a first step in your compliance program, because you're stating these broad sort of we believe uh, values of a corporation and, and can that then be built upon as you build out your compliance program with some of the other elements from Hallmarks? I would absolutely. Um, you know, the, the code of conduct is, as you say, sort of the, the blanket statement um, that's going to establish sort of the foundational level of what's expected of employees at any organization. Um, and unless it's the case that employees are, are walked through that on a regular basis, you know, the expectation of them, you know, can't be that they just know it off the top of their hand. Um, so we find and we advise that the code of conduct is a great starting point. Um, but you really have to tap into some of um, the organization's ability to um, to communicate around these things. You know how how often you know we talk about tone at the top. How how often are you sending messages around expectations on uh, compliance and ethics? And does it always have to come from you know the executive level team? No, it it often um, is 
can be more effective it's if it's done on a peer-to-peer -peer relationship where you're establishing somewhat ambassadors throughout the organization of, of um, compliance and ethics. Toby, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if listeners wanted any additional information on some of the topics you've hit on in this podcast, where could they go? Yeah, so I would say the first place might be um, our website, stoneturn.com. We've written a number of thought leadership pieces and uh, client alerts around this, um, and our contact information can be found there as well. Toby, I wanted to uh, thank you again for taking the time to visit with me, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of our special five-part podcast series on the products and services for your compliance program, sponsored jointly by Skillsoft and StoneTurn. I have linked to the StoneTurn and Skillsoft website in the show notes, so check out those websites for more information. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to let you know about an upcoming webinar, Skillsoft and StoneTurn are hosting. The webinar involving your compliance program will be held on Wednesday, September 23rd, and we'll explore how companies are leveraging data and information to improve and evolve their compliance programs. Check out the show notes for a link to sign up and more information. I hope you'll join us again for another episode of this special five-part series, which is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again.